Frights, where the podcast that talks about creepery, shenaniganry, true crimery, murderies, paranormalries, <laughs> in the Midwestery. Wow. Uh, That's good. Do you like that? I did like that. Thank you. First, I have to apologize to everyone. About time. <laughs> About time. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so the last time we recorded, mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, I quoted The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. and pretty much at the exact same time, the U.S. Capitol was attacked, Aww. and I think that my negative energy just went out into Projected. the universe mm-hmm. and uh, caused that okay. insurrection, so I apologize to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alright, now we know who to blame. No, yeah. Pinpointed. Pinpointed. Right there. And since I apologize, I am therefore cleared of any sort of wrongdoing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Done. That's how it works. Well, how do you feel now that you've ab- now that I've been absolved and... I feel much better. <laughs> I remember, like, listening to the episode... And then, like, hearing that part, and then, like, watching the news and being like, oh, oh. Oh, no, bad day. I did a bad thing. I put out some negative energy into the world. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Here we are. So now, from now on, my only opinion about 2021 is that it's 2021. That's that on that. Just facts. Huh? <laughs> Just facts. Just straight facts. Just straight facts. All right. So. I like operating that way. Yeah. Because, as we know, there's plenty of negativity around There is us. a lot of negativity. I mean, today is a pretty exciting day. Pretty exciting day. But, in general, there's a lot of boo-boos going on out there. Boo-boos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes. Yes. I accept. Yes. Can you imagine if I was, like, a news anchor? <laughs> so many boo-boos happened today. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you responsible for? Which one are you responsible for? <laughs> What do you got? Mm, you have a delicious I have drink. some new. Are you in here? This is so good. What is it? It's a bubbler. Bubble. Antioxidant sparkling water that boosts, energizes, restores balance. Is it like LaCroix or LaCroix? However, you decide to pronounce it. Where um, it tastes like battery acid. I don't quite get that because I mm. might be on the other side of the fence where I'm used to that bland taste. That, <laughs> That tasty bland. So I would say acid. perhaps, but okay. I don't taste battery acid. Okay, well that's good. I like yeah, it. That's a non-spawn mm. bubbler. Mm. If you if you're used to the taste of sparkling water, it's fine. <laughs> that's what I honestly the way to put it though, because yeah. often I'll be like, "Well, if you like." <laughs> <laughs> Then I've got my giant gallon of water. <laughs> Literally. Literally. I'm just scolding very harshly, Anna. <laughs> and by that, I joked. <laughs> I think I'm only at, what, what time am I That's at? That's only 10.30. About, yeah, 10.15. About 10.15 is where I'm at with my water drinking, and it's currently, oh, look at my wrist, like I have a watch on. <laughs> <laughs> you did too. It was like, It is 12.10. 12.10. I'm behind schedule. <laughs> Two hours behind schedule. That's all right. My you bladder is like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You've, if I've casually observed, not on purpose, mm-hmm. that you have. Um, not to the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to say that without being a creep. Because <laughs> I was not purposefully that. paying attention. <laughs> I take. Another one. Well, there she goes again. <laughs> Interesting. And the days you don't, I really know. <laughs> you get a, reports from Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> Texting me on her cat phone. <laughs> Just a little Keep me going. She's not listening. <laughs> and here she goes again. <laughs> She's not feeding me. <laughs> My bowl is one morsel <laughs> out, <laughs> and uh, I'm upset. I can't handle this. This house is stupid. I hate it here. <laughs> These aliens won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Occupied my house. Occupying. Speaking of aliens, mm-hmm. you got any? I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's okay. Wait, what do you got for me? Today? I have a couple updates. Oh, okay. and one includes aliens. Okay. So the first one is actually Jamie Kloss. Do you remember her? Yes, I do. She 
was abducted for like 87 days mm-hmm. and eventually escaped her abductor, mm-hmm. um, who also had killed her parents. So that's yeah. like the short version. Yeah. I saw an article that um, Jamie Kloss's aunt said that Jamie is now dancing, Aww. which she used to love to do. And I was like, oh, I love that story. It was like this little baby story. And I was like, it's filled with such goodness. Such good news in this year. Yeah. So that's really good to see in here. Yeah. Um, another update <clears throat> is, oh my God, I know it makes no sense. But mm-hmm. The Haunting of Hill House mm-hmm. is on Hulu. Oh, they put it on. Well, wait, wait. Is it a movie version or what? Here's, I'm going to read my note verbatim. Okay. See if it makes sense to you. All right, here we go. The, ha- the Haunting, mm-hmm. based on The Haunting oh, of okay. Hill House, is yeah. on Hulu. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So there's two movies called The Haunting. Okay. There's a one that was in like the 60s, and then there's one that was made in like the 90s, right. early 2000s maybe, that starred Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, hmm. Liam Neeson, I think. In the newer version, all right, is that so? Let's let's take a pixie poo to see which one it is. That's yeah. on Hulu. So I guess it's called the haunting. Okay. <laughs> the haunting, Hulu, and also I'll get I'll get to this after we take a look. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I spell that wrong, Siri? I'm sorry. I know that you're gonna be so angsty about it today. Here we go. Do it, do it. Okay, so it is the newer version. The one from 1999. Is that a better version? What? Do you know if that's a better version? Um, it's a wild version. Did you finish that book, Haunting of Hills? No. It was sort of a hard read. It's a hard read, yeah. I mean, I think I've read Shirley Jackson stories before, but they've been shorter versions. All right. And I feel like there's a lot of detail in that book. My brain was just like, you know what? I don't want to read anymore. I'd say, too, and this is, we read this months ago, but I'd say it was one of those stories where you're always, you're anticipating something, Mm -hmm. and you're just, it just sort of let you down. Yeah. But there's still action in the book. So, I mean, even with that said, it's, it just felt different than, like, a ghost story of Peter Straub, whatever. Yeah. His book was amazing. That was so good. And that's, I was riding off that level of ghost story, and then I read it. Hunting of Hill House. Hill House, and I was like, oh, yeah. fell a little flat. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe if I had read them very separate, like now if I read it, maybe mm-hmm. it'd be different. But yeah. overall, I think I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't read it again. Okay. Kind of thing. Where yeah. a ghost story, maybe I would. Yeah, so. it was so good. Yeah, I mean, if I could read a 500-some page book in two days, mm-hmm. then that's a really good book. Yep. So, um, speaking of Hunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. so I have been listening to a couple of podcasts um there's one called the shadow diaries okay which is not related to hunting of hill house but it's like this like paranormal podcast it's like but it's like a story okay and so it's about this like girl who follows a teen pop star who's like a journalist and she's all these like weird things are happening and that finished and then I was like, well, I need to find like another one because this is really good mm-hmm. and then I came across one called Baraska and the person who wrote the story is one of the co-writers for the show of The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yes. So, that was really good. Um, I can't remember how it's spelled. Yeah. But if you just, like, throw some letters at Spotify, (laughs) it'll probably come up with it. Baraska. Baraska. And Shadow Diaries. Yeah, Cole Sprouse is one of the stars in it from the show Riverdale. Okay, I've heard of it. Okay. CW, right? He's also the kid from Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you clarified because I was like, Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Illicit website yes. video. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Okay, the little kid grown up. Yeah. He's an actor. He's an actor. Voice actor. Yeah, voice actor in it. Cool. So, I like listening to those story ones. Yeah. It was really good. I think there's 10 episodes for Baraska, and I think about the same for Shadow Diaries, too. So. Very, very cool. Yeah. Hmm. 
I feel like our energy today is kind of like, yes, good, very good. We're starting to chill. Yes. We're just trying to keep it chill, guys. <laughs> Are we sleeping? Corby, it's like an ASMR <laughs> podcast. We're just like, Watch, you can't hear anything on no, the podcast. No, you're just voices. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Nonsense, once again. Okay. Alien time? Heck yeah, BB. I have 20, 20 December. I thought you were going to say I have 20 stories. And I was <laughs> like, I'll just throw my notes away then. <laughs> no, no. But my actual story is very long. So okay. We should hustle. Okay, so these are tw- um, December 2020 MUFON stats. MUFON is a mutual UFO network. Mm-hmm. Um. In December, there were 493 sightings mm-hmm. of UFOs. Mm-hmm. A whopping 400 were reported in the U.S. of the 493. Did you say whopping? Whopping. <laughs> Felt like I needed that word. <laughs> what? Um, within the Midwest, Minnesota had eight, Wisconsin had four, Iowa three, and Michigan nine. Mm-hmm. The most frequent shape reported, or whatever, was um, circle and sphere were the top two. That's for UFO. For UFO shape. Okay. 56 of the sightings were within 100 feet. Mm-hmm. And there were 20 entities observed. Yes. <laughs> all the entities. I know. Okay. Oh, good. And then I, that's all I have for my notes. Did you, I saw a TikTok recently, so it's mm-hmm. a very legitimate news. Yeah. But some guy was saying that a Canadian ex-general or something like that confirmed the existence of aliens. Mm. And he was saying that there's a breed of them or something called the Nordics. I don't know. I don't think that's what it's called. Nordic Blondes maybe is what he's called it. So it's like the tall blonde people. He's like, that's what they look like. And they're, so I'm just like, I'm like, does this guy just have something against like Swedish people? <laughs> <I'm> like, <okay. laughs> and he's like, he's like, they're aliens. They're too beautiful. They're too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously aliens. <laughs> they're too tall, they're too pretty, and they're too blonde. <laughs> they're too nice. And they sound ridiculous. Therefore, aliens. <laughs> guys like, here's my checklist. Wow. Too tall, too beautiful. <laughs> Weird accent. <laughs> Done. Obviously. Aliens. <laughs> Conclusion. Entire country of Norway and Sweden, aliens. Denmark, super aliens. Super, super species. <laughs> super species of aliens. <laughs> okay, so the general in Canada. Canada. Said it's real. Said their aliens are real. Nordic blondes of, or something. Yeah, there's one species of them. I think he said like 20 or something different kinds, maybe. And they're on, they inhabit the, the um, They world. are on Earth. They live amongst us. They really do, huh? Yeah. But there's a weird person. What's weird, though? Right? Because everything's weird. weird. I mean, what I find weird might be different than what someone else does. I mean, you go to like Walmart. <clears throat> And you can say to yourself, a, a like, there's a lot of aliens here. Yeah. You can but, go to Target, and it's like, but are these guys also mm-hmm. aliens? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Let's think about that. Mm. <laughs> you gotta come up with a way to figure out who's the alien. What's, like, the Ben and Black technology that they use? I don't know how they identify them, but we could get that mind eraser. Memory yeah. eraser. Just get a bunch of laser pointers and just, like... People. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put your sunglasses on. Yep. Sunglasses. <laughs> I love that movie. And just like cover up your eyeballs and be like <laughs> flash it everywhere. <laughs> it's such a good series. Yeah. Okay. You wanna go first or I wanna go first? Um, I can go first. Okay. Mostly because I checked out so I know that there's been a gap between the episodes here, you guys, and we're sorry about that. We were just really tired last week. Yeah. So I wrote up these notes last week. Okay. So I remember Nothing. <laughs> Same for me, too. It's okay. But it's basically just like a spooky article time, part, whatever it is now. Okay. So, this information, I'm just going to read a lot of this verbatim. Okay. Primarily because I don't remember what it says. So. <laughs> Can't summarize, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, this article comes from Forbes.com. 
Ooh. And it's 10 most haunted states in America. You won't believe the scariest. Ooh. At least that's what the uh, URL tells me is mm. what it's called. Yeah. I'm going to get a sip of water. Okay. A little mento. Juice up. <laughs> Juiced. <laughs> okay. Ohio. Third on the list, Ohio is rife with paranormal stories from the Twin City Opera House in the tiny town of McConnellsville, where something hides behind the curtains, to Mansfield, Ohio State Reformatory, which hosts regular ghost hunts and was a setting for the Shawshank Redemption. Mm, Spooky spot. That's what it's like part of the article here. So it's like state, spooky spot, which is going to be the name of the restaurant that I'm going to have someday. I like that. Spooky spot. And then most haunted hotel. Okay. Okay. So spooky spot. Flickering candles, flying objects, scary screams. Waynesville has been called the most haunted town in Ohio. Check it out with the museum at the Friends Home, which is what it's called, which runs ghostly history walking tours. So check out that entire town. Apparently it's just haunted. All over. Waynesville? Yeah, Waynesville. Okay. Most haunted hotel. Newbury's Punderson Manor. Probably wrong, but wrong with it. Just roll with it. Used to be an estate in the 19th century and later became a girls' camp. These days, the hotel looks welcoming enough with its Tudor mansion and hillside cabins, but it's so haunted that psychic mediums and paranormal experts often visit to investigate the otherworldly happenings. Spooky. Michigan. From Detroit's Michigan Central Station, a truly haunting building, excuse me, try that again, a truly haunted building that hosts an annual spooktacular event Mm -hmm. to a number of haunted lighthouses. Michigan has its share of creepy tales, earning it a high spot on the list. Number four. Ooh, okay. Spooky spot. Part of the island chain in Lake Michigan, South Manitou Island, has beautiful dunes and legends of dead sailors who were buried alive and still haunt the place. Let's check that place out. That reminds me, when we were going to go to that paranormal conference last mm-hmm. fall, we were also considering going on a uh, ship tour, mm-hmm. haunted ship tour. Yeah. So we'll have to keep that on our agenda. Yeah. I think they hold them around. All mm-hmm. the- I would think so. Yeah. Okay, most haunted uh, uh, hotel there is Mackinac Island's Grand Hotel. It's known for its front porch, the world's longest, and its ghostly guests. Keep an eye out for a man in top hat who likes to play the piano in a bar. Or a woman in Victorian clothing who sometimes climbs into people's beds. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am. Let me get in here. This is my bed. Get out. Okay, number five, Illinois. There's been plenty of strange and unexplained phenomena in the prairie state, which is why Illinois is ranked fifth on the list. Spooky spot. Do you love a road trip? How about a haunted road trip? <laughs> this route is only for the most daring, going from Bloods Point Cemetery near Rockford to the haunted Cahokia Mounds way south of Springfield. Okay. Which I'm going to do that in a, another episode. So okay. just keep that in your mind. That sounds good. Okay. Most Haunted Hotel. It is said that a gangster Al Capone haunts Chicago's Congress Plaza Hotel, but he's not the most, he's not the scariest permanent resident. <laughs> resident. Dang. Staffers often report sightings of a six-year-old boy whose mother threw him out of the 12-story window. And in room 441, a woman, a female ghost, kicks real cats while they're sleeping. Oh. <laughs> you can either get a lady who's just going to go to bed with you, mm-hmm. or a lady who's like, please get out of my bed. Kick. It's because her husband's snoring. <laughs> I would do that too. Yeah. Fun, kind of a fun fact about gangsters. Mm-hmm. So, you remember the old apartment that I used to live in? Mm-hmm. So, it's in St. Paul. That's all I'm going to give you guys. Um... That used to be a really big hideout for gangsters. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. So, and there was, like, this one, per, like, mobster, kind of. Her name was, like, Kissing Bandit. Okay. Um, and she would, like, bring truckers back to her place, which was apparently in the basement, which is where I lived. Mm-hmm. And then would, like, they would get, like, ambushed. So she'd seduce them. Yeah, seduce them and rob them. Yeah. So that's a fun fact about me. Good fun fact. Fun fact. I I went on the gangster tour for St. Paul. Yeah. I wonder if that was pointed out on the tour. 
I'm sure it was because yeah. they went down a lot of St. Paul streets. Oh, okay. said here's where this happened. Here's where Ma Barker was, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. very long though. It's like two plus hours long tour. Oh, okay. And I love this kind of history, and I was like, I'm really tired. <laughs> Like, it's hard to actively listen for yeah. that long. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's like that tour that I went on in Hawaii for, like, the entire day, and the guy's just, like, sprouting out, like, oh, Hawaii yeah. bags everywhere, and I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. And your friend was asleep. Yeah. Lucky duck. I'm like, well, you've been awake since 4 a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope there's not a quiz at the end of this. Yeah. Okay. It's the last one here. Okay. Indiana. Right. The Hoosier State is known for corn, basketball, and hauntings. <laughs> well known. Well known. Spooky spot. Don't like ghosts? You might want to avoid Indiana University in Bloomington, the entire school. Oh, dang. The campus is crawling with paranormal activity. From the Career Center, where babies are sometimes heard crying, to the Indiana Memorial Union, which is haunted by a ghostly dog. Oh, wow. Oh, I want that. I mean, not... I don't really want a dead dog, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It'd be cute. <laughs> okay. Most haunted hotel. Spas, golf courses, and ghosts. French Lick Springs Hotel. Fresh Licks? French Lick <laughs> Springs Hotel. <laughs> Not sure which one's worse. Is a resort getaway that is founded by its haunted by its founder, Thomas Taggart who still enjoys soaking in the property's on-site mineral springs and likes to hold parties in an empty ballroom. Mm -hmm. Housekeepers also find blood in a bathtub where a jilted bride took her life. Oh, sad. Hmm. Can you imagine? Like, it's like your first day on the job. (laughs) Nobody warns you. You have to clean that room. (laughs) You're just like, oh my god, a murder! But it never cleans. Yeah. You're just like, oh god. Lady, die somewhere else! (laughs) (laughs) Not doing this again! God, stop killing yourself! Terrible. Terrible. They're human. Okay. So, that's the end of that list of all the, like, Midwestern states. Okay. Um, I did come across a book recently. Mm -hmm. It might be, I uh, requested it from the library, so I'm going to check it out. Okay. It's called Midwestern Strange by B.J. Hollers. And it talks about, like, weird things in the Midwest, um, like the hodag and werewolves. Oh, dope. But also, strange people like Horace Easterwood, who had a horn on his head. A what? A horn? A horn. Okay, good. So I'm going to uh, read that, and I'll record back on it. Thank you. So let me find anything else that might be kind of fun. Mid. So from the... What was this website? NWITimes.com. <laughs> N-W-I times. <laughs> well known. Yep. Uh, Midwest home to haunting locales. So in Detroit, it says, Typically phantoms are uninvited, but the Whitney, excuse me, an opulent 22,000 square foot, 52 room mansion, excuse me, it's burping at the same time, mm-hmm. with 20 fireplaces and numerous Tiffany windows, went in the other direction with its five course paranormal dinners, with cocktails and wine on the first and third Sundays of each month, and the late night paranormal tour on Friday and Saturday night. So it was kind of fun. Um, Sounds like it'd be pretty, too. Yeah. Taking it even one step further, there's the Ghost Bar, an opulent third floor lounge serving drinks with names like The Witching Hour. (laughs) Who are the spooks so honored? One said to be frequently spotted as Flora Whitney, who died before her 1894 Romanesque Revival mansion was completed. No. Mm -hmm. Before her mansion was completed. Before her mansion was completed. (laughs) As it, as oh, one does. Oh, here we go. Her husband then married her sister. Okay. Who ended up living in Flora's dream home. That's enough to make anyone decide to haunt a place. Yeah. I mean, look. She's, she probably kicks her out of the bed every night. You know what I mean? That's my bed. It's my yeah. husband. Scram. Scram. All right. I'm going to add in here because I know you've got a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to go fast here. Okay. Recently saw an article. And the podcast, Vodka and Ghosts, welcome back, ladies. I know you've been on a break for a little while here. Um, mentioned this. But since people have been working from home and being home more often mm-hmm. during the pandemic, people have been reporting more hauntings oh, wow. in their homes. Sure. So if anybody has any experiences where they've, you know, been at home or something going with all this going on and have noticed, like, weird stuff happening more often... 
Let us know. Yeah. Once you hear your stories, we'll read them on the air here. On yeah. the air. On the air. On the air. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, mostly I just want to know what your creepy stuff is about, so. Yeah, we like to hear those. Let's hear creepy things. From people we know, too. Yeah. Sort of trusted sources. Mmm. Vetted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. Pretty cool. What was that podcast you said? Vodka? Vodka and ghosts. Vodka and ghosts. Yeah. Okay. They're very fun. Very nice. Very nice. All right. All right, I have an alien story. I'm going to classify this more as like a a diary entry. Yes. Because you know how when you're writing in your diary, you sort of just use a lot of words for Mm -hmm. (laughs) your emotions or Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're going on. Lots of detail. Ah, (laughs) So I'm going to read it verbatim. This is out of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Waukesha? Waukesha. (laughs) However we want to say this word. I prefer Waukesha. So... Based on um, when I read this, this is like a, a now older person who's reflecting on their life and their experience with aliens. So that's why I'm saying like a diary entry where lots of details. You know what just popped into my head? I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, it's like Rose from Titanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been 84 years and these are all the aliens I've seen. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Okay. I love that beginning part of Titanic too. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. She's like, shut up, essentially, to that one guy. Yeah. Yep. You're going to let me talk? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Verbatim. When I was a young child, four years old, I shared a room with my little brother. Most often, we would play after mom turned the lights off until she yelled at us and sometime beyond. After we had finally settled down, our mother would come in and make sure we were in our beds and tucked in. I used to pretend I was asleep when she would kiss me goodnight on the head. After mom left the room on an uncountable number of nights, there were two little men that would come into our room. I could never see them well enough because they were always in silhouette, like there was a light behind them. I remember one main thing about them. They terrified me. Mm -hmm. Paralyzed me with fear to the point that I could not move nor utter a sound. I would try to call out for help, but I couldn't move. Mom said they weren't real. Mm. They came anyway. I have no memory of being abducted, just them coming in our room and they were cold and scary. I do remember I was afraid of them because I could sense no love in them. It seems they stopped coming when I was around nine years old, and I, or I don't remember them coming as often and wasn't so afraid anymore. When I was 12, my older sister moved to um, go to college and I got her room on the second floor. It was on the northwest corner of the house and had a window facing north toward Lincoln Avenue. And the other was on the west. The window to the north opened over the roof of the front porch and I would love sitting out there in the summer. It was in this room that a hooded figure would come into my room. I was never afraid of him. He had a very peaceful energy about him. He could communicate telepathically with me and said his name was Jacob and sometimes Joshua, (laughs) but they were the same, and I think they mean being, same being. Sure, sure. Again, I do not remember ever leaving our house with them, but they would just stand by my bed like they were guarding me. I thought they were angels. It was also in this room when I was 15 that I awoke for an unknown reason at 3.32 a.m. I will always remember looking at the clock that morning on a warm summer night. I woke up suddenly and was wide awake. I noticed an unusual light out of the north window and got out of bed to look. Kitty corner from our house was a parking lot for Manitowoc Church Furniture Company. There was a street light there, but the light coming in the window was much brighter. I got out of bed and went over to look out the window. Both windows were open with screens. My eyes immediately went to the streetlight, thinking that's where that light was. But then I noticed another, brighter light shining on the parking lot from higher up. I wasn't sure what I was seeing. I rubbed um, rubbed my eyes from sleep and looked out again. It was still there. Spooky. Spooky. It turned... It looked like a big spotlight, much brighter and bluer than a streetlight. I noticed, too, that the treetops were being moved around like in a wind, but not all of them. I'm not sure how long I watched until it started moving. 
It moved toward me to my left, which would have been west, primarily away from Lake Michigan. There was no loud noise, or I would have thought it was a helicopter. There was a whooshing sound, like a lot of air moving, and the trees around the light were all acting like wind was in them, but it was calm. It was a calm, hot night. The light source moved above the trees and shone in the middle of Lincoln Avenue. It went right down the street like it was looking for something. I watched until the trees blocked my view, probably about three blocks. I couldn't make a clear outline, but I could, couldn't see any stars in the sky until the light was out of sight. That was the last I had seen the strange figures. That was the last I saw the strange figures. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. In 1965, I was 12 when the hoodies started to appear. In 1968, I was 15 when I saw the light in the sky. I grew up in Waukesha, less than 20 miles from Lake Michigan. Okay, great. <clears throat> I feel like this is all coming back to my consciousness for some reason, and I'm hoping that this is a good thing for all. As I have matured, I have not led a common life. I've always felt that I had contact with higher intelligence, that if I heeded it, led me to uncommon successes. Like God answered my prayers. Not always the way I think, mm -hmm. but always. I have had a guardian angel my whole life, a fact my mother used to point out constantly for the fact I survived unscathed. Okay. <laughs> I also had an ability to tell ahead of time when a disaster would happen. Ooh. I could never tell what or when exactly, but I would see a, the shadow before a de disaster happens in the world, and still do. Oh. In my late teens, I developed an itchy spot <laughs> inside okay. the bottom of my left foot near the heel, but in the outside of the arch. I have always checked, had it checked by doctors over the years, and they couldn't find anything but it is an incurable itch that is always there. I jokingly started calling it my alien implant. Okay. <laughs> okay. After seeing all of the ancient alien shows, mm -hmm. close encounters, unsealed alien files, mm -hmm. UFO hunters, etc., that I find so interesting, I'm beginning to wonder if there are some gaps in my memories. Mm -hmm. After reading Light at the End of Our Tunnel, of the Tunnel, by... Paul Hellier, I began to wonder if I'm part of a bigger picture. Mayhaps. <laughs> I began to wonder about implants that Dr. Roger Lair had discovered in people who remember being abducted. Mm. So I contacted him via personal message on Facebook, asking if he would contact me and giving him some of the story. Less than two weeks later, the man was suddenly dead. Oh my gosh. It freaked me out yeah. and I was crushed I was hoping for someone to talk to about it I tried enough times only to be laughed at I learned not to talk about it at all my hope is um, my hope of being heard was trash and a great man was gone after I contacted Dr. Lear I felt the right thing no I'm sorry I felt the thing the implant mm -hmm. move up the inside of my leg it tickled as it went slowly up. I lost track of it when it got to my thigh. It let me know it could kill me. Oh, oh boy. I could, or it could exit my bowel, <laughs> but mostly how it was benefiting me. And did I really want to get rid of it? It is out of fear that I want to know where and what it is. The spot I am, the spot in my foot still itches, though I believe it has moved. I don't like the feeling that others have been monitoring my entire life without my knowledge or consent. Oh boy, okay. That is one of the things the chip does. Yep. I had a serious sinus, cyanitis, hasn't. Sinusitis, oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> I screwed you up. Yeah. Serious? Serious? Sinusitis. Sinusitis. You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah. Since I was five. The documentaries I have seen say this is a symptom of a nasal implant that cannot be removed. This unit is control and communication. The more aware of the intelligence that communicates with me, the more co cooperative I am as fears are conquered and I am assured the mission is not to destroy us or the earth. So when I was a kid, um, I would get sinus infections a lot and it's because my 
nasal passages for my sinuses were like so small Mm -hmm. that the mucus like couldn't go through to like drain out yeah so that lady might just want to get an MRI done of her face (laughs) (laughs) see it starts out so it's like you're just kind of like oh how fun and then it's like Mm -hmm. oh okay two more paragraphs yep it sounds like I'm out of my mind Mm-hmm. Perhaps I am, but these documentaries that are clearly an attempt to get people used to the idea of off-world species presence on Earth and their role in human history and the history of the planet are encouraging me to take a look at how I may have been trained to ignore what has been happening to me as though it was just imagination. Mm-hmm. Which it still may be, but I'm really wondering now that all this information is coming to me slash us. Paul Hellier's testimony was enough to convince me. He backs it all up and confirms the information in the documentaries I've seen. I'm still hoping that I might find some sort of support group that won't laugh at or take advantage of me. I'm hoping another Dr. Lear will uh, arrive and say, let's take a look at what might be without ruining what life I have left. This Mm -hmm. is the first I have communicated this story without giving it a touch of humor that one can protect their pride with at times. If nothing else, at least I got it off my chest, so to speak. So I sort of feel like it's interesting because it starts out uh-huh. decent enough and then it seems sort of sad and I don't know. Yeah. Sort of well, tips. You feel bad for them because in your head you're like, well, maybe they just have like a mental health issue. Yeah. Flip side. Flip side. We're just not awoken. Yeah. We're not woke. We're not as woke as they are towards aliens. I mean, that, um, not governor, that general, he Mm -hmm. sounds like he's woke. Mm Mm-hmm. We're just not there. We're just not at that level yet. Well, maybe someday there will be another doctor, like that. Dr. Lear. Dr. Lear, who will say, sure, let's look for a chip inside of you. Wink, 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 wink. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows, though? Mm -hmm. I mean... I just don't know. And that's the thing, too, about this kind of subject. We like the subject. We like hearing about mm-hmm. aliens. But then it's interesting how, for us, it, like, flips sometimes mm-hmm. to, oh, skepticism. so sad or yeah. skepticism. Well, sometimes I call myself a skeptic believer mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. I think that's healthy, though, especially when you're doing stuff with paranormal yeah. and stuff. Even any, like, even uh, true time is good to be a skeptic because mm-hmm. you question things. You're not just like, oh, yeah, this leads to this automatically. Yeah. The husband always does it. Yeah, and it's like, well, humans aren't that predictable all the time. <laughs> the wild. Of course. <laughs> do you have any other, other stories for us? I do, but they're all, they're very long ones, well, these last ones. What do we got? Got 15 minutes. You want to do them? Let's do one more. Okay. Let me see people demand aliens. That's my shorter one. <clears throat> Scrollable. So that one's really long. Scrolly, scrolly. Mm. Go back. Give me one moment, moment, moment. I actually don't, unless we want to do that another very long one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This one is also out of Wisconsin. It's Wisconsinites. I think I, um, on this particular day, I did focus on Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the. Or they all trust aliens. Because this is interesting. The last one said, if nothing else, at least I got it off my chest. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. This one starts. I'm writing this mostly to get it off my chest. Oh. <laughs> Creepy. Okay. It's been on my mind for, well, most of my life, I suppose. I don't know if submitting this report will help me get any answers. I don't even know if this is the kind of report you guys usually deal with or... If it is, if anyone will get around to reading it. Doesn't matter, I guess. At least this will be therapeutic. It's a long story. (laughs) I'll begin with at the beginning because context is needed. As a child, I was always very interested in UFOs and aliens. Not unusual. What little boy wasn't fascinated by them? But, and I don't know if if this was concurrent with my fascination or if there was some abrupt change, as I was also terrified of them. Mm -hmm. I had recurring nightmares about seeing UFOs or beginning 
I'm sorry. Or being taken by alien beings. So recurring image. Okay. They were are among my earliest memories, these dreams, and they have so affected me that I began to dread the night. I didn't want to go to sleep because I know that I would have one of these dreams and or I would wake up in the middle of the night frightened and feeling terribly alone. I grew up in a big old house in Milwaukee, Wisconsin near Lake Michigan. It creaked and groaned and did all the things old houses do that frighten children. <laughs> Eventually we moved around uh, my teens. I have lots of good memories from that first house, but even or every time I think of it, I have a reactionary sort of unease or creeping dread. I hated being alone, even if there was someone in the next room or on the floor above me. Being alone made me uneasy, jumpy, like I was being watched. Mm. Things only grew worse when I eventually got my own bedroom on the second floor. Everyone else slept downstairs. So when I went to bed, I would tr be truly alone in the dark. Throughout this time, I can always remember my dread and unease focusing on aliens. Yes, occasionally a ghost movie or something would frighten me, but never as badly or as regularly as the UFO alien phenomenon. It got to the point where just seeing an image of a UFO or depiction of an alien made me uncomfortable with the rest of the day, and I knew that it would be a rough night. But at the same time, I was still fascinated. I wanted to research everything I could about them, about UFOs and about the encounters people had. It was a paradoxical relationship. Ultimately, I was the author of my own discomfort. When we moved to a new, smaller house, some of the unease went away. All the bedrooms were on the same floor in the same hallways, so I didn't feel quite as alone when the night came. UFOs and aliens still fascinated and terrified me, but the dreams stopped or at least came far less frequently and were much less intense. Then, just before starting high school, I was in a Barnes & Noble when I came across Whitley Stryber's Communion. I wasn't looking for it, didn't even know it existed, but that famous cover image literally stopped me in my tracks. Do you want to Google that? Yeah, I'm going to say, what is this? How do you spell the name? Whitley, W-H-I-T-L-E-Y. Last name is S, as in Sam. T-R-I-E-B-E-R, -E -E and I think the book is Communion. Okay. At first I was like, the person's going for a communion, what's happening? Religion. Okay. It says Communion, a true story. Do you see that image? <coughs> Famous image. Yeah, it looks familiar. It's just a UFO. Oh, it's not super scary. No. Okay. But it, a famous cover image, apparently. Yeah. Alright, I wasn't looking for it, didn't know it existed, but that famous cover image literally stopped me in my tracks. It was somehow different from all the other depictions I had seen, despite bearing all the classic hallmarks. Yeah, it must be some other cover, because mm -hmm. he describes large head, dark almond-shaped eyes, minimal features. Oh, yeah, here. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Just a, uh, a general alien you've seen yeah. before. Yep. Okay. It still has an effect on me, even though I can't place my finger on what exactly makes it unique. I had to pick up the book and knew that I had to read it. I did that very night all in one sitting. I finished early in the morning. It scared the hell out of me, but it also felt right somehow. Maybe that's why it was so frightening, because it felt like Stryber was describing something I already knew so much about. More so than any other encounter I had read about. I don't know if there was an ounce of fact in that book, but I was and still am struck with the feeling that he got it right. Again, despite feeling terrified, I also was fascinated by communion. I don't understand. I read it twice and was left feeling like I needed more. I was searching for answers, but really didn't know how to ask the right questions. It became sort of an obsession. I began to look back at my life, as short as it was, mm -hmm. at things that had always struck me as odd standing out in my memory, which I had managed to ignore. I began to, I guess, notice them more. I was familiar with the common hallmarks of supposed alien encounters, but it wasn't until reading Communion that I began to notice how many of these could be found in my own life. I realized that, in one form or another, the alien UFO phenomenon had been a running theme throughout my life, just beneath the surface. For the first time, I actually began to consider the possibility that I had had at least one encounter. 
what follows is a list of events that have always stood out to me. It's as close to a chronological order as I can manage. Years and age ranges aren't specific and probably aren't that accurate. <laughs> hey, at least you're honest. <laughs> there are the dreams I previously mentioned. These are among my earliest memories and my earliest remembered dreams occurring maybe when I was in middle school. They stand out for being so vivid, so recurrent, and so terrifying, unlike any of my other nightmares. There are three that I remember specifically. One, being with my father in his truck driving at night and being picked up by a UFO, a classic saucer, saucer shape. Two, standing outside my house at night before a large bush that grew near the driveway and talking to or hearing something in the bushes speaking, something that I somehow knew was not human. Three, being in a large white room with other children and ailing beings who were sort of like caretakers. Hmm. I remember being very frightened of them, though the other kids seemed fine, fine, and of trying to run away by climbing a kind of ropey structure like you would find at a playground. One of the beings was following me, trying to calm me down, I think. <laughs> These dreams have always seemed to be dreams, that, yet they're more like vivid memories I have from the same age. Another of my earliest memories is of one um, someone climbing into the bedroom I shared with my sister through the window closest to my bed. This is odd since our bedroom is on the second story. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the person looked like or anything that happened before or after. I only remember lying in bed, looking past my feet towards the window and seeing someone coming through it. Uh -huh. I have asked my sister if she remembers me telling her about this and she confirmed that I once said someone had come into our bedroom at night. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Yet another early memory of that same bedroom. I'm lying in bed when a bright light comes through the windows, a sort of sunset light, if that makes sense. Something floats into the bedroom near the ceiling, something I can't describe. The best image I have of it is sort of a <laughs> pancake shaped, mm -hmm. maybe the size of those flying disc sleds. I also have the impression of it being somehow organic. I don't know if this was a dream or something I saw on television mm -hmm. or confused with, an, confused with an actual memory. Regardless, it had a strong enough effect on me that what I must have, well, I'm sorry, what I think must have been several years later when visiting my grandparents, I felt uneasy while standing in the bedroom at their house and seeing some sort of sunlight shining through the windows. See how they're like can be so descriptive. Oh, well, yeah. other ones I've read are where's that one that's super short? He's still there. Oh yeah. <laughs> he came on a plane and never left. <laughs> that's my favorite one. Very very succinct. Very succinct. To the point. To it's just still so, there. Airplane. What do? What do? Reporting it. I'm going to report it's it. in your hands. <laughs> Help. <laughs> or they probably didn't even give their location. No. They're just like, he's still here. You guys will know. Because we can speak telepathically. <laughs> you got it? You, you got it? it up? Figured out where <laughs> it is? Yeah. I think your microphone just like fell off. Oh, yeah. It's my shirt. It's just sort of floppy today. Floppy shirts. Sorry about that. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But it is kind of interesting, though, with, like, where you, you remember something, but you're like, was that real? Yeah. Or not? So it's kind of... So I remember when I was... God, how old was I? I don't even remember. But this is a memory that I have. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting outside with my grandpa at night mm -hmm. in our backyard. We had this red picnic table my dad had built. We were mm -hmm. sitting on the picnic table. And my grandpa turns to me, and he says, Anna, if grandma ever remarries... Will you call him grandpa? And I was like, no, grandpa, you're my grandpa. And he's like, okay. And then I remember just, like, going to the house. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was like, like, was that real? Was that a dream? <laughs> yeah. What was that about? But then. Okay. So I'm trying to remember, like, I must have been four or five or something like that. Like, somewhere around there. My grandpa died when I was six. So it might have been sometime in there. Okay. When I was, it was like a couple of years ago, I was having dinner with one of my aunts, and she was saying, um, well, she's like, well, after 
Robert, my grandpa, passed away, this guy who was, like, kind of like a family friend, but basically he was, like, marrying all these, like, old ladies that, like, my grandma knew, he, like, after my grandpa died, he came to the house to kind of, like, woo her. Okay, And I was just, like, was, like, my grandpa, was, like, my grandpa had, was it the thing where, like, my grandpa died and came to me, like, in a dream and was, like, if he marries her, are you gonna call him grandpa? And I was, like... (laughs) No, no, of course you not. Cramps. You crazy old man. <laughs> <laughs> How cute, though. Yeah. If, I mean, if it really happened. Yeah. He's like, don't you love me? Yeah, and so I was just kind of like, it's one of those things where it's like, I think about it every now and then, I'm like, that was a really weird moment if we had it in person. Mm-hmm. But like, as a dream, yeah. it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yep. I feel like my dreams are always a little bit wild. <laughs> but yeah. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, is it real? Is it a memory? Is it a fake memory? How does that work? Mm-hmm. Memories are very interesting. And that's why, I like, um, as you guys probably know, you, police can't solely depend on eyewitness mm-hmm. because you, if they hear any tidbit about what might have happened, they sort of can accidentally yeah. or on purpose implant that into their yeah, quote unquote memory. memory. Yeah. And then your witness is t- tainted. tainted. But memories are interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a very deep episode that we have today. <laughs> it's hard. We're so it's hard living this. We're so smart. <laughs> well, like Anna said, um, if you have any stories of staying, working from home, mm-hmm. and maybe some happenings are at the house, mm-hmm. alien or ghost. Alien, ghost, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. I love a have Bigfoot. Have you seen any cryptids recently? Mm-hmm. Shoot them over to northernfrights19 mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Or you can even comment on our Instagram, which is northernfrightspod. northernfrightspod. And as usual, please rate and review us on Apple iTunes Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We've only got like six ratings on there, so if you want to help us, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. We'd love it. We'd love it. Okay. Okay. Guys, have a good one. Love you.